Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Hi, I'm David Finkel, your co-host of Scale Your Business Radio. Today I'm joined by Jeff Hoffman, my co-host and co-author of Scale, Seven Proven Principles to Grow Your Business and Get Your Life Back. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us here today. Sure, David. Very glad to be here. Where are you calling in from today? You always seem to be traveling, giving a keynote at a different large business conference or something. Where are you at today? Yes, just uh, getting ready to go to China to do exactly that, to talk about small businesses and their growth across Asia. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, So what we're going to do right now in this first segment here, we're going to talk about what it actually means to scale your company from a different perspective. So our new book, Scale, Seven Proven Principles to Grow Your Business and Get Your Life Back, Let's just go through an overview of what these seven principles are. And then later today on the show, we're going to actually dive deep onto how do you apply these to grow your business and sustain that growth over the long term. But, Jeff, just share with me, what, what for you was, was one of the biggest draws to write this book, Scale? Well, David, I think it's the fact that as I was building businesses, and especially early on in my career as a small business owner, everybody – constantly told me what to do, and nobody told me how to do it. So I felt like I get it. I hear it over and over again, do this, do that, but I don't know how to do any of these things. And surely there must be people out there who have built businesses and scaled businesses, figured out how exactly to do these things, and could write it down and share it with me. So later, when you and I began this discussion, and both of us said, here's the things we wish someone had showed us how to do, not just told us what to do, uh, it was, you know, just became an absolute got-to-do-it mission to write this book scale so that we could give people the how-to part and the practical knowledge. You know, we start off with scale, one of the early stories we share. So first of all, proven principle one was build a business, not a job, to make sure you're building the business so one day it can be without you. And we talked in there about the story of Tom, and I still remember when I first met Tom, back in 2006, and, and here he was, a very successful business owner by all, all the, the metrics that people would tell you. His, his wholesaling business had about $5 million per year in sales. He made roughly a $1 million per year of operating profit, pre-tax profit. But by the other metrics, he worked 80 hours a week. He had 16 people working for them, all of whom looked to him to make every decision. I mean, he literally, Jeff, if you could have gone into his warehouse back then, his office was right there on the floor. Everything was like a spider web that, that radiated from his desk. And his health was hurting. He had two young kids he wasn't seeing enough. And his wife actually suggested by buying the ticket and, uh, both for the airplane and for the, the workshop for him to join to learn about these scale concepts. And, you know, you fast forward here five years later, he has scaled the business. He's grown it to over $20 million a year in, in revenues. And at the same time, he's reduced his working hours to under 20 uh, in a typical week for him, which is a big difference here. When you talk about build a business on a job, what do you think the biggest reason people don't build a business? Why do you think the biggest reason that, that, that you see business owners getting stuck in that, that self-employment trap? Well, David, here's the good news. I see now that, that you and I have worked with literally thousands of small business owners around the world throughout these years. Now I see the good news for everybody who is listening to us that feels stuck. I like the way you said that everything radiated out from his desk because sometimes we feel like 
we're stuck at the center of everything and nothing happens without us. The good news is that I think the reason most people get stuck there is because they don't know any other way. It's just lack of knowledge. No one has ever sat them down and said, look, you don't have to be the center of the universe, and you shouldn't be, and there are techniques that you can implement to get yourself out of that. And, again, that is exactly why we wrote the book, Scale, to share those techniques. So most of the people I talk to say, when I ask them why do they feel stuck in the business and that they can never leave their desk, you can't even be sick one day. I have had those days personally in my career where I couldn't even feel sick for a day because I was afraid everything was going wrong and nothing was getting done without me. But, again, it's because nobody ever said there are systems and techniques you can use to execute extricate yourself from the center of the sticky spider web, and here's what they are. Lack of knowledge is the biggest reason that most people can't escape. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that part of it. We, we're building on this flawed model thinking that we're, we're supposed to work harder. You know, the more we personally produce, we think this is good for the business, and of course it is short-term, but ultimately when we, when we have the business rely on us for that production, this, the company becomes more reliant on us there to give them that production. So that's one. We're going to talk about scaling principle number two, build on the stable base of, 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 of systems and team and internal business controls in our next segment. But talk about scaling principle number three, this, uh, this idea that you need to understand why your customer really does business with you. you know, talk a little bit about that one there. Maybe even share an example, whether it be the example of, of Ray or one of the other folks from the, from the book that talks about why we need to put more attention on our customer and less attention on our competition. Well, you know, it actually even goes a level deeper than that in that if we do what you just said, if we get more customer-focused, um, we actually start to design a business where our customer does some of the work for us. The more we engage with them, the more they understand our products, our services, and the more we understand them, we tend to be able to deliver our products and services in a way that our customer can use them more efficiently. And we started to discover that the more tools we gave our customer because we understood what they needed from us better, the more of the work they took off of our plate. Our customers were happy because they felt in control and we were happy because some of the things that we used to do for our customers all the time, assuming they just wanted us to do it, actually made us a lot more efficient and got us a, a little bit out of the business. We didn't have to do anything ourselves when we enabled our customers to be able to actually use some of the tools in their own hands. So the deeper customer knowledge is really part of this solution of freeing yourself up from the business by letting your customer participate in the business more than they would otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about in Scaling Principle 4 this idea of creating the right strategic plan and reducing that plan to a one-page plan every 90 days, literally a quarterly one-page plan. Uh, what would you tell a business owner who says, Jeff, I don't want to do one page. I want a 20-page plan. I want the details. What, what would you tell them about why every 90 days they should have a simple one-page plan in the format that we share in the book? Sure. I, and I, I think there's a couple reasons. First of all, Plans, as we know, it's very, very important to have long-range plans, but we live in a very fast-paced world. Things change. Competitors change the industry. Technology changes the industry. Consumer trends impact our customers and the way they buy and sell products. So with all of this high-paced change going on around us, it seems like when you go to sleep, 
every night while you were sleeping, something in the world changed that could impact your business, your industry, or your customers. So therefore, the plan that we write for year two, year three, even year one, it's just that. It's a plan. We start on the path of executing it, but we have to constantly measure and say, has anything in the world changed that we need to continually make adjustments to that plan? So having a super detailed plan for a long period of, period, period of time never gets executed anyway. I frequently use a sports analogy when I talk to business owners. I tell them that the coach lays out a game plan for the game, for how they're going to run their defense, their offense, and what they're going to do on the field. Then they go into the locker room, and they say, okay, none of that worked. It was a great plan, but the other team responded differently than we thought. <laughs> David, you mentioned the competitors might do something you'd never expected them to do. In fact, we actually call that the dumbest competitor rule. There's always some competitor that does something in your industry that you cannot believe they did, but they did it, and everybody's reacting to it. So in the locker room, we'd say, <laughs> well, that defense didn't work. We didn't know they were going to run the ball this much. We thought they were going to pass, but they didn't. So as a business owner, you're the coach that says, guys, let's rewrite the game plan, go back out there, see what happens the next quarter, and we might have to make more adjustments. Winning teams constantly adjust their plans based on real-world measurements, and that's exactly what business owners have to do. You know, you're right about that. And this idea of a one-page plan, what I see that it's done, is it helps the business owner make sure that for at least 90 days they're going to be focusing on certain set things so that their staff doesn't get um, waylaid by the idea that we never get to do anything because you always keep changing the focus on us. <laughs> so it's a great balance point between you know, flexibility but also gives them enough time to actually build some of that momentum, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. You, can't, you just can't do. You can't be good at eight things at once and implement eight changes at once. It is, you know, we've learned this lesson time and again, and again, that's why we want the one-page plan to pick something executable, to pick a hill that you can take so that when you crest that hill, your team and your customers, everybody involved says, okay, we actually accomplished something. We set out to do something, and we got it done. Now on to the next one. Getting done one-eighth of, eight of an eight-page plan and getting done one-eighth of each page does not fulfill anybody and does not really give anyone that sense of product. So, you know, eight consecutive one-page plans actually advance your business farther towards scaling it than doing lots of little things that never get completed. That is a great way of putting it there about that. Thank you, Jeff, for sharing it that way. I love the idea there. Coming up here, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest mistakes that we see business owners make and what you as a business owner can do about that. So I'm David Finkel, joined by Jeff Hoffman here today, and this is Scale Your Business Radio on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. We'll be right back to talk about those biggest mistakes that we observe business owners make and how you can avoid them yourself as you scale your company. 